Hello, everyone. I am so excited to be introducing to you the women's empowerment movement I have been talking so much about on Instagram, but I haven't really introduced here on the podcast yet. So in case you are not following me on Instagram at Liz without a pillow, I am currently and have been for about a month feeling super drawn to having more conversations specifically with women and using those conversations to kind of showcase the way that we are able to each overcome hardships in our life and how sharing that story really has this ability to empower so many others to share their story, to overcome similar hardships, to have hard conversations within their life or within themselves. Uh, so this is the first of the mini series, the Women's Empowerment Movement here on the Edge of Fear podcast. And I hope you guys enjoy it. I will see you on the other side. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Edge of Fear podcast, hosted by Liz Basil Lewison at Liz Without a Pillow. Each week, I'll be bringing you some different insights, lessons, and laughs with an end goal of a more empowered and authentically happier human race. Everybody's got a story, and everybody's story is important. Let's do this. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Edge of Fear podcast. I've got my friend here who I met through Instagram at Strength in the Soul. Katie, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I'm Katie, and my Instagram is Strength in the Soul, but so is my business. I am a therapist, empowerment coach, and spiritual medium. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today. Um, Katie, I feel like you and I really got... Um, started to kind of jump on the Instagram scene like around the same time and started to kind of have this like really parallel, very different stories, but like really mm -hmm. a lot of parallels where we must have been kind of learning the same lessons or going through the same cycles. Um, oh, totally. You know, at the same time, but I felt like I don't even know how we like stumbled upon each other, but I saw some of your stuff probably um, maybe like a mutual Instagram friend reposted something of yours and I like started following you. And just the things that you would share just resonated with me so much. Um, Good. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm so honored to have you on the show. Um, and I would love to hear a little bit more about like what you do and, and how you're able to, to help women and, and people. Yeah. Thank you so much. I'm honored to be here. And, you know, I just totally believe in that synchronistic connection and I do believe that you and I totally connected for a reason and truly I don't even remember yeah how we connected on Instagram but I'm so glad that we did and you know vice versa like I do feel like the same thing a lot of the things that you were posting as well were like connecting with me so there was definitely something special there <laughs> <laughs> so you know 10 years ago I started my journey um with I feel like my educational journey, my life journey, and my spiritual journey all kind of started at the same time. Um, you know, I had a very difficult childhood with a lot of different things happened to me, a lot of trauma, um, you know, and all at the same time, a lot of beauty in my life. Um, so that's really what kept me going and pushing me forward towards 
being motivated to complete my goals, you know, so then I started my journey out educationally. Um, I got my bachelor's in social work. I got my master's in social work. I got licensed. Um, so then I have this path of being a licensed therapist. And so I specialize in um, child and family therapy. And then I do therapy for um, adults as well. And then I'm a women's empowerment coach because I truly feel like we all hold barriers to positive change. And I specialize in releasing those barriers because I want you to know how amazing you are and that you can absolutely heal and have hope to be the best version of yourself. And so I really specialize in that soul healing. And, and I say women's empowerment coach, but really I do take on um, male and female, anybody who wants to really engage in coaching or therapy, um, just to be the best version of themselves. I specialize in that. And I love that so much. Yeah. That's, that's definitely, I think, um, you know, how, how our path started to become so aligned was my realization similarly that like, until you heal yourself, like it, so much of that, like beauty that you take in is like almost superficial. Like it's almost like you don't get to fully experience it when you yeah. haven't really healed. Um, and when you grow your heart to, you know, accepting yourself, the whole rest of the world, like feels so much more beautiful. Oh, exactly. Life truly, truly does change when you take responsibility for yourself and your healing. And, you know, something I always say is that it's not our fault what has happened to us and healing is our responsibility you know no matter what has happened to us in our life we have to take responsibility for ourselves and life truly does change after that and you know you sit here and you're suffering and you you see the rainbow ahead of you and you're like i want to get there and sometimes we just don't know how and because the emotional piece of it is just so much sometimes. And so, you know, I understand that. And then I also understand of like standing up and dusting yourself off and, and pushing forward towards that healing and taking that responsibility. And, and all of a sudden you're at the rainbow and you're like, thank you, Katie. Thank you, God. Thank you. Everything and everybody that helped me to get here. And I'm, thank God I'm here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I remember starting to, um, when I was kind of getting onto this journey, uh, was around the time that my ex and I were breaking up and I had, I had maybe like a year, maybe in the last two years, I'd read like two or three books. <laughs> um, yeah. this was like the beginning, you know, where I was just kind of starting to realize that I was not satisfied in life. And so reading, even though it was kind of an escape, I was still just kind of in the numbing part, which I think I still go through phases of, you know, really wanting to actively heal versus like wanting to just numb out and not deal with it right away. I'm like, I'll deal with this, <laughs> you know, when I'm ready. Yeah. Um, but at least I like recognize it now that I like, this is an active choice for me to numb. This is how I'm dealing with it. Yeah. Um, but where was I going with this? Um, oh, uh, yeah. So, uh, my ex and I were, you know, still kind of going strong at this point for, you know, the first book or so. Um, and I had read, uh, a return to love. And so I started to kind of yes. see about, um, by Marianne Williamson. Mm -hmm. Um, that, actually. <laughs> and then maybe like 
a year or so later, I started, um, oh, who's that? Wherever you are there, wherever you go, there you are. It's some like Zen master. It's, it's a really good one. And I can't yeah. remember. Um, and then the following year, I finally read uh, Gabrielle Bernstein's um, The Universe Has Your Back. Yes, I, I read that one after my ex and I broke up and after I'd read a book on like attachment styles and kind of realizing that, you know, he and I just weren't meant for each other. Right. And all of these books and all of these journeys and, and learning through other people's kind of mistakes and seeing the similarities in their journey and mine, it was, it was all kind of like, there's, there's always a choice. You always have a choice to, you know, to find the love, to find the love for yourself, to find the love for the world. And if you, you choose not to kind of almost like mind over matter yourself, there's a quote I love um, that I heard by Russell Brand for the first time was, um, you can't think your way into acting right, but you can act your way into thinking right, I think is how it goes. I might actually have a flip, but I love um, that. It's, it's about how like you, we all get there. We all get to like, you know, the pits of hell. We all see right. that darkness. We all like live there sometimes, you know, and it's really gloomy and lonely and it's it's hard but it doesn't have to be that hard and we like actively choose to stay there and to live there yep absolutely yeah it's so true so i feel like you know sometimes those hardships that we are enduring even though they feel so horrific like this is the worst possible thing to happen to anyone why is this happening to me mm -hmm. we you know, that's where the healing starts. Like that's where the journey, you know, and you don't have to hit rock bottom. I've heard of people not hitting rock bottom, yeah. um, but it always does feel like that's your rock bottom, you know, that you needed that. Um, yeah. And if, yeah, exactly. And I think that it's so powerful to, you know, hear the perspective from somebody, or even if you gain it from yourself and you say, I don't have to stay stuck here. Right. Um, so you and I talked about how you use that in like your coaching and your therapy um, in, in mindset shifts and like really removing certain words from language um, and how that kind of like started your journey. Um, would you be interested in sharing any of kind of those like, I guess the way that you're able to like coach that, that mindset shift? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I truly believe in that healing really is about utilizing a variety of tools, you know, um, and emotions are messengers. I always say they're so powerful. They are actually tools for you. Um, and the biggest shift from being in that, you know, powerful, vulnerable, emotional state is that you are allowed to feel those emotions and I want you to feel those emotions. It's just really about shifting so that you're not allowing those emotions to have power over you and you know feel those emotions for however long that you need to and then you know step forward and saying okay I'm not going to allow this to have power over me anymore and I need to really engage in healing and so 
when, when it came to myself and then when it comes to my client, you know, I healed so that I could be the best healer to others. You know, when I was not in the best place and I wasn't taking responsibility, you know, I know that I wasn't at my best for helping anybody else. And so the things that I did, you know, I went to therapy myself. I have engaged in other modalities, especially like, like you said, reading books is so powerful, uh, Reiki healing, meditation, nature, uh, so many other healing modalities. And then even myself as a therapist, I use a lot of different interventions and modalities when I, you know, teach in therapy and coaching. So I love that so much. Yeah. I I worked for the American Cancer Society for a couple of months as kind of um, like a very introductory position just in an office when I first got back from my traveling um, last summer. And so I, I did that for about six months before I started school. And it was so hard to be behind this, like, obviously, like fuck cancer, right. <laughs> like I hate cancer. Um, but to be on this like very matter of factly kind of side of things where like I'm in the office and these are the benefits of, you know, donating or these are the benefits of joining this walk or these are the benefits of whatever. And, and this is what pa- patients will get. This is the type of care that they'll receive. And here's some information about this kind of cancer and here's what you can do to help. And all of this, like all this is good. Where they lost me was when it was just no like holistic approach to it whatsoever. Right. There was almost no information that I had to offer people for for meditating, for yoga, for, you know, there was, I I have to say they were doing a lot better on exercise. There was a lot of, um, you know, implementation of how exercise is important and like eating healthy, but it was like, it was just like physical training and like gym classes and stuff. I was like, there is so much more like why do these people not have more access to like a spiritual community? Like how right. wonderful that would be. I mean, and there was like a little bit, um, there were like, I, I want to say a couple of like Jewish temples that were like very actively involved, but they did all the work to get themselves promoted, you know, right. for right. these places. Like it's not encouraged by the American Cancer Society and nothing against them at all. Like of course, I, I, I loved, you know, it was really a, a wonderful experience, but overall I was like, I need to be doing something independently because I was like, I just can't support this forever. Like, I don't agree with this fully. Like, I know that there, um, I I listened to a podcast a couple years ago that I I actually always quote. It was on um, Mind, Body, Green, and it's like Mm -hmm. Dr. Kelly something. I can't remember exactly her name, but I will find it and I'll put it in the show notes, um, where this woman was a researcher of... uh, I forget the word, but she studied when cancer patients who were terminal mm-hmm. healed fully um, because there had there had previously been no research on them. And at the time, I think there wasn't that many. There were only like a few hundred terminal cancer like survivors. Right. Um, so she went and studied research like 70 of them. And there were nine things that they all had in common. And um, 
meditation was one of them, like getting into a meditative state. So for some, it was gardening, for some, it was running, you know, for some, it was actually meditating. Um, But it was different for everyone, but it was getting into a meditative state. They all had in common spirituality. So like some kind of prayer, you know, belief in something greater than them that they are a part of. Um, Exercise, not giving up like the will yeah to have that positivity and hope right yeah and there there were a few others that i I can't recall right now but those they that stuck with me um because if your your body heals itself like when you get a wound your body heals itself like we have those tools um so sorry i went off on such a tangent there but i want to bring no. back to those yeah. tools you know those no that's tools okay that we, have, that we naturally have but that we get so disconnected from absolutely and i'm actually so glad you spoke on this because that will lead me into um you know my next thing talking about mindset Um, and the mindset shifts that I use to help heal. And, um, you know, just to kind of piggyback on like what you were saying, um, there's this documentary called Heal. And it's very powerful. And it's a very easy watch. I think it's like just like an hour and a half. And it really speaks on all these different individuals who have all different types of injuries or illnesses. And they really engaged in that mindset of healing and how the body can heal itself. Like this one woman, I think she had stage three or stage four cancer. She was going through all these different physical, um, you know, healing modalities, meaning like working with those doctors and doing chemo and things like that. And it just, she she like intuitively knew like that wasn't the right thing for her. So she hired this coach and then she like actively went on like these different adventures um, in nature and then like actively worked with this woman in nature. So you have that different, that extra layer of healing when you're in nature, but you're also working on your mindset and wow. the, the healing that, that trauma that's inside, you know, um, I mean, there are tons of studies that show you know, that stress breeds cancer. So like you said, just engaging in any type of meditation and that not giving up attitude can really help to really propel you into a healing state physically and mentally. And, you know, so just kind of going along with that is that your mind is so powerful. Your mindset is so powerful. And we're not here to actively talk negative to ourselves and be in this negative place like we are here for big things we are not here to remain small we are here to be happy we're meant to be happy you know so it's like we have that power and our mind and our body are connected so when your mind is in a positive place your body is going to be in a positive place you know and so I really hone in on that principle when I'm doing therapy because you're coming to me with this trauma. You're coming to me with this issue. You're coming to me with these relationship problems, you know, and whatever it is that you want to work on, anything can be shifted 
to where you can have a positive perspective on it. And I'm not saying that what you're going through has to, you know, not be honored, right? Like, like I said before, you have to feel your feelings. You have to, you have to honor your feelings. You have to. And validation is so, so important. Like I always say, use validation as much as you breathe. And I'm saying towards yourself and other people, you know, because invalidation breeds in worthiness or unworthiness, I'm sorry. And just feeling like you don't matter, right? When you get validated by someone, you all instantly feel like important and that you matter or your feelings matter. And so oftentimes, you know, if we're, when we're children, if we're not validated from our parents or from people at school or anybody that's important to us, then we internalize that we're unworthy. And then we carry that throughout our whole entire lives. And then, you know, it's up to our adult self to really heal that inner child that we've internalized that we're unworthy because we essentially were invalidated. So I really, really practice that validation piece with my clients, you know, a simple statement, right? Well, I feel like I'm not good enough. So I, I have them really work with, I am good enough, you know, and then that perspective shift, that mindset shift. And oftentimes people are like, well, just because I say it doesn't mean I feel it. And it's like, of course, of course. And it's not going to happen right away. Right. And it's a start. You know, right. you have to take that first step into really shifting that original feeling and that original thought, right? Because your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings create your reality. So you have to start back with your thoughts. And so that's kind of where I really specialize in rewiring thoughts because ultimately that's the starting point to changing your feelings and then changing your life. And so oftentimes too, with those, with those mindset shift statements, um, I like to go further and I create them for my clients in the moment, you know, so I can turn any negative statement into a positive affirmation. And it, and it could be so like extraordinary, you know, you could like tell me something completely random and then I'll turn it into it, you know, you really can make any negative statement into a positive affirmation um, that is extremely validating, you know, like, I don't feel like I'm doing my best. I don't feel like I, you know, I feel like I could be doing more and I'm not good enough and this and that, you know, it's like, I am doing the best that I can and I can do better, you know? So it's like, you have both of those pieces in that statement. I just rewired it to sound more positive. So it promotes a little bit more of a positive feeling this. And then in turn, you're not beating yourself up and you're honoring the fact that, you know, you want to do better in life, you know? So there's so many, I mean, we could talk for hours about this because, you know, there's infinite statements that you can create. Right. right. The, the positive affirmations, just like what you're saying. Um, I've been using them for a, maybe like two years now. I think I had used them earlier in life, but I didn't really know what they were. I was just trying to tell myself the opposite of what my brain had been yeah. saying, you know, because mm -hmm. I've been, I was sick of beating myself up about it. Right. Um, but when I did, um, 
Danica Breisha is one of like the uh, self-love like gurus that I follow on Instagram. Yeah. And um, I did her basically a self-love work workshop that my sister had bought me um, for Christmas one year. And it really like taught me the importance of saying and really believing the affirmations and saying them daily. Um, and so I did them a little bit. I like dabbled with them that year. But this year when I read the book, um, that you saw, I did the self-love challenge, the yeah. love yourself for 30 days challenge. I loved um, that. Yeah. I, I read this book, um, love yourself. Like your life depends on it by Kamal Ravikant. And it was just 30 days of doing these. I love myself exercises. Yeah. I love myself meditations and, you know, looking at yourself in the mirror exercises and, oh, yeah breath work. And it was just this combination of this pos this one positive thought surrounded in love and in healing and in forgiving myself and in loving myself and knowing that I am worthy of love, that I'm worthy of validation, that, yes. you know, all of my feelings are important. All of those things that I feel I need to forgive myself are important, but it's also important and it's my responsibility to heal myself because holding on to that weight and that baggage is only weighing me down. It is, yeah. it is the poison. What is it? The, the quote that I love, um, resentment or anger is like the yeah. poison that you drink and wait for the other person to die. Like yeah. it only literally poisons your life. It does not hurt anyone but you and exactly. so to carry that you know that anger at myself i'm not enough and to tell myself that over and over year in and year out and to have people telling you you know you are a joy you are a light exactly <laughs> i love you so much and yep. you're like but i hate me why why do i hate me um you know so so to have somebody tell you it is so is really really powerful but until you believe it yourself you know that's where the shift is and it was you know so uh in the book he talks about first you forgive yourself that's step one um and then you release it yeah. uh so you 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 write all the things you need to forgive yourself for then you write that you forgive yourself for all of them mm -hmm. then you you know release it. So whether that's burning it or ripping it up into a million pieces yeah. or throwing it away or whatever, um, so that you, you have this moment of healing. Mm -hmm. Um, and then you vow to yourself that you're going to love yourself. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really that responsibility of, you know, keeping your vow and sticking with it because the first day of course is emotional. And then by like the third or fourth day, you're like going over this hump and you're like, Oh, I used up all my energy on days one through three. I'm out of steam. <laughs> <laughs> and then by like, you know, the end of the second week, if you've stuck with it, if you've stuck with your commitment to, to do the vow, to do the thing you said you were going to do, then yeah. you'll start to see the changes, but it doesn't happen in that first week. That's mm -hmm. just commitment. That's just discipline to the changing your mentality. And so really believing it, you do have to like kind of, engross yourself in this um, and that's why it is so important that it has you know that there are so many modalities that we are really enveloping ourselves in this this healing and really believing that it needs to be kind of everything you breathe for a couple of days for a couple of weeks you know until it yeah. becomes normal 
Absolutely. And I think that you just really spoke on something that's so important when it comes to self-love. And I don't think a lot of people really even know this or discuss this enough is that it is that dedication to yourself, you know, and it's about choosing yourself. And oftentimes, you know, like you said, a lot of people are like, you're such a joy. You're such a light. I love you. And this and that, because it's so much easier to give to other people to help fill you up. And then once you realize like, well, I'm doing it wrong. I'm codependent on all these other people to make me feel good. And I'm not feeling good. And so I need to choose myself and feel good about myself first. And so, you know, oftentimes with our traumas and whatever we went through as children, that's how we established our, you know, our self-love, our self-worth and our way of being. You know, it's like, why don't I love myself first? Why is it so easy for me to be dedicated to other people and not dedicate to myself? You know, um, even, you know, I've done so much healing work on myself in the last, you know, 29 years of life, but really just the, the last couple years. And then, you know, the last piece of my healing is really that dedication to myself. And it's, you know, for instance, like weight loss, right? Like, why is it so hard for me to put myself first and like being disciplined in eating right and taking care of my body? And I'm so easily available to do that for others, you know? So that's like the last piece of my healing that I'm working with right now is that, you know, that dedication to myself, you know, and that, um, you know, I had a moment in life in the last um, year and a half where I, something tragic happened to me unexpectedly. And I thought that I really was in a good place for, with my healing, you know, and because I, I started to take responsibility years ago and how good it felt to like really grow and honor myself and start loving myself. And then when this thing happened to me, it was like a rude awakening, like, no, Katie, you actually are in a good place. And now all this stuff is coming up for you to heal and you have to choose yourself because you have no other choice <laughs> and you, know, you got to do this. And so um, that's really where I started really healing because I had to choose myself and I dedicated myself, I dedicated myself to myself. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that. Like, so I remember again, going back to a couple of years ago, um, 2018, when I, uh, had broken up with my ex, you know, four months later, I quit my job. I left the U S and I went and backpacked for three months and man, did I think I figured it out during those three months, like right. the seven months between like the breakup and like the end of my first trip, I was like, I got all of life. Like on lock. Like I know how this works. <laughs> yep. And you know, you fall out of the good things that you're doing, those positive actions that you're taking because you got lazy and mm -hmm. you fall off, you know, off course, but you, you just, life happens and, and busy happens and things happen. And it's not easy to, to remain dedicated to anything for an extended period of time. It's, mm -hmm. it's frankly, it's not You have to remind yeah. yourself. Yeah. It's a practice. Yeah it's, you know, it, it took another month or two of like faking it before everything kind of the dominoes all started to fall. Like one tiny thing then, you know, knocks everything out of place when you're like holding on with that tight grip and not really, you know, living what you're practicing or not really practicing what you're preaching. Yeah. Um, and you're just kind of like going, you're, you're just going with emotions. You're not really 
putting your heart into the healing anymore. And one thing goes wrong and, and it all comes, you know, toppling down. Yeah, exactly. And I think that we're just, you know, we're so used to just having to survive in this life because life is really hard. And being human is really, really hard. And I think that, you know, we don't give ourselves enough credit and we don't give ourselves enough grace sometimes, you know, because we're so hard on ourselves. Like, oh man, like, I, you know, I was actually just on Instagram earlier and one of the girls that I follow, she was like, I didn't work out yesterday and I'm not going to lie. I'm really feeling like beating myself up about it. And, you know, and like that really, um, spoke to me and like, I messaged her and I gave her some positive praise and I tried to help her to release that guilt, you know, mm-hmm. um, just because any opportunity to help someone, of course, like I want to jump on that, but you know, mm-hmm. even our, ourselves reflecting on that, I think that like, in that moment, like we can really identify with what she said. It's like, you know, we beat ourselves up so much for one missing one day of doing something. Right. Or, but it's like, you know, how often do we really praise ourselves for, wow, I've actually worked out for a month in a row. And so instead, again, you're going right to that negative thing instead of praising yourself for those 30 days that you worked out versus beating yourself up for the one day that you did it, you know? Um, and, you know, it's just being human is so hard and, and life is really hard. And so we have to give ourselves that grace. And, you know, a lot of times in my therapy sessions, I, I see that where we get to that place in life where we're feeling really good and we're feeling like, wow, we have survived and we have accomplished things and I'm feeling good. And I always, and people want to quit after that because they're feeling like they're in a good place. And I always remind them, I said, I just want to reflect with you right now. Let's take this moment to reflect on how far you've come and that this is a very pivotal point in your treatment and in your life because this is where you're trying to push away that difficulty of getting to that next level in your life. Right. Essentially, we're feeling really good about life and we want to give up because it's really hard to work on yourself it's like you said, it's very difficult to be dedicated to yourself. It really, really is. And it's difficult to, to address the emotions that hurt us. It's difficult to address the difficult things in life. And it's so much easier to eat a bag of chips and be sad versus actually taking an hour of your day to honor what made you sad. And so it takes so much strength to be vulnerable and it takes so much strength to help yourself. Totally. It's the, it's the most taxing workout that you can do is being consistently angry at yourself. Your body is tense. I can feel my back and my arms and my butt and my legs and my jaw all clenched, you know, when I'm like really uneasy with myself, when I'm really not at peace with myself. And it's like, you can breathe when you're at peace. Like just, you can breathe and literally breathing is easier. Things are easier. And I think for some people, like, you know, uh, your anxiety is very attached to your physical health. I mean, for all of us, it is forever, but like, I think like, I really, my, my physical body becomes so tense and it's so obvious when I'm like really having a hard time, like with my anxiety or whatever I'm in. Um, I think for other people, I think some people can hide it really well. Um, and that's, it's like almost worse because life is hard. Um, 
And we do deserve that praise and we do need to give ourselves credit for the good that we do. But it's like, when you do something silly, it, I have a really hard time with this, but I, I try to, you know, talk about it enough that right. like maybe eventually it'll stick. Um, it but, will. <laughs> thank you. I need to do it more consistent, I think, every day. Um, but like when somebody else does something wrong, you're like, oh, you're so silly. You right. Know? Like, that's so silly. You're fine. It's fine. It's not a big deal. Like, don't even worry about it. And, but when, if I were to do literally the exact same thing, I'm like, I am such a fucking idiot and I can't yeah. fucking did that. And mm -hmm. like, just the horns come out and I'm like, no wonder, like, I don't trust myself to be able to do these things. And I don't trust myself to be able to like commit to this mindset shift, commit right. to making this easier on me. Like, I don't want to walk around with that tension in my arms and back and jaw, you know, like that doesn't exactly. feel good. That doesn't feel natural, but life is hard. Um, and it's, it's so much easier to, you know, be hard on ourselves and nice to everyone else. Um, but like, sh you gotta, you know, shine the light on that. Yeah, exactly. And I also think that it's really hard for us to get out of our comfort zones, you know, um, because it's safe in our comfort zones. And then, you know, becoming uncomfortable is really hard. And obviously, like we know that growth and change comes from, you know, getting out of our comfort zone. And even for me, like, I can reflect on my my whole life thus far. And that, you know, my comfort zone was survival. And I had to be strong my whole life and suppress the trauma that I endured as a child. And um, because it wasn't safe for me to feel my feelings, you know, when I was a child. And um, do you um, do you mind just sharing on this? Is this sure. um, was I, you told me a little about about losing both your your grandfather and your boyfriend over the course of your life? Is this on one of those? So, you know, um, that definitely has contributed to my healing journey. Um, but when I talk about my childhood, you know, it really was about my, the different kind of personalities that were um, in my life. Um, I see. For my, in my authority figures. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, at this point in my healing journey, I've gained a lot of perspective in um, my, like my healing and where I let, you know, like you said, the forgiveness and things like that. Um, so I don't hold on to a lot of anger, but you know, there was, there was a lot of, um, like lack of priority in validating me and, you know, my siblings and stuff like that. And just the trickling of your parental, the parental figures and their issues kind of trickling into the children. And, um, yeah. You know, there was, well. yeah, there was a lot of um, emotional and verbal abuse and there was a lot of, um, a lot of different components um, to, I would say like 20 years of my life, um, you know, of that, that struggle. Right. And, um, you know, I'm in a good place with it now because I understand that it, it had nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. um, but it was almost like, you know, my, my shadow work is around that because when, as a child, when you internalize that you're not important and your feelings don't matter, 
you know, that's where, no, and, and that internalization didn't change until I was an adult and I had to take responsibility, you know? Right. Um, there's a lot of love in my family that tons, my, you know, my parents love me and things like that. I just don't think that they understood the severity of their actions and yeah. then their, their partner's actions as well. Right. You know? life um in our life because you know it happened to my siblings you know um yeah. and we, we struggled we really really struggled um emotionally um and codependently and things like that and yeah i would i would love to speak on this um real quick because it's it's funny that this is you know where the conversation goes like i mentioned not at all what we i talked about previously um right. so this is you know surprising but also unsurprising um right. my future mother and i mother-in-law and i were talking over the weekend um just about how um, you know, my fiance, Joey, his mm -hmm. father and my father in their stories have so many similarities, but yeah. it's because of the generation that they're a part of and what the way that their parents, either immigrants or, you know, sons and daughters of immigrants, um, you know, were raised themselves. And so many of those, like what you said, um, you know, the trickling of parental issues to the children, yeah. like, so many of those of all of our issues are just generational we're right. just a product of our generation like no wonder there's similarities in both stories because they were just raised during the same kind of era yep. where parenting was looked at as this is the way that it is and that's fine without really recognizing that each of your children are an individual soul you right. know and yeah. you have such an opportunity to mold. And I know parenting is hard. I've worked with children for the last 10 years. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I know children are hard and I have so much love and respect for parents because that's the hardest job in the world. And it's one of your like 47 fucking jobs. So, I know. <laughs> <laughs> like also trying to heal yourself while trying to raise another soul. Yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, something that, Joey's mom and I were talking about was uh, just kind of how like a year or so ago I was taking a self-development class and for the first time in my then 30 years of life I recognized that my dad was just doing the best that he could yes at you know my age now with me like mm -hmm. maybe he was 35 you know mm -hmm. um maybe 40 for some of the things but like he was just doing the best he could and the anger that i had towards my mom for not like sticking up for me more you know against yes. him yes. yelling at me or for sticking up for herself and like right. showing me what that looked like um just kind of like recognizing that you know, totally as an adult and I can hold whatever anger I want against my mom or dad or anybody else if I want to, but that's my choice. Exactly. When I am imprisoned by this anger, I don't get to be the best version of myself at all. Yes, exactly. And I'm so glad you say that because, you know, my childhood trauma is a huge part of who I am because, you know, um, number one, that shadow work that it has completely 
altered, you know, like my life path, um, good and bad, you know, like I've had to recover from a lot of trauma that I endured. And, you know, I, I, I was in prison for so long because of what had happened to me over that long term. Like, and when I went to therapy, I said to my therapist, listen, I know what, you know, I know a lot of things. What I'm really here for is recovering from the long-term effects of this trauma. Because, you know, I have this, I have this, I suffer with this, I'm insecure and I'm codependent and I have anxiety, you know, it's like, and I wanted to change all of that because I did not want to be the person that I became surviving and not being able to open up about how I felt. Because if I opened up how I, about how I felt, I got in trouble or I was invalidated and it didn't matter or it just was never received. Like, you know, like I was wrong you know, for even yeah. feeling that way. Yeah. Like, no, like, yeah. no, I, I do. I feel this way. No, no, you don't. Right. Uh, or, no, I, I very much do. I feel this way. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, taking responsibility for your healing is so important and it looks different for everybody, you know? And then I think that it's really about validating everybody individual experience, you know, cause we all have different experiences, you know? My parents, they could, they could absolutely say like, yeah, we understand what you went through. Um, or they could say, no, we don't understand because blah, 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 you know, and I mean, it's more like the second, but you know, um, either way, it doesn't matter. Like it have that existence of my trauma and pain and suffering was real. And, you know, um, I had to validate myself, you know, and, you know, luckily I had a lot of support like I said, a lot of beautiful support in my life, um, you know, to really help me with that. And, you know, I'm in a really good place. And like you said, I really had to forgive my parents, you know, and I have, and that makes me open myself up to their love that they're able to give me, you know, I was fighting so hard because I wanted them to be different. And I think this really speaks to any relationship that you're in or anything, because, you can't control anybody else. You can't control someone's ability to love you or the way that they love you. You really have to accept that this is who somebody is and this is the way that they're choosing to treat you and love you, you know? And we oftentimes want to change that, you know? Like, why can't, you know, this part, my, the partner that I'm with, why isn't he treating me great? Like, or she, whatever, you know, like, why aren't they treating me great? Like, you know, I work with this a lot with clients too. Like you can't change them. You have to accept that this is what they're choosing to do, you know? And then it really stems to like, if you look at your parents, like I cannot change the fact that my mom actively chose to, you know, treat me this way or watch somebody else treat me this way like you can't change that you just can't you have to accept that you know this is what happened and heal and work on it in any capacity that you can but that inner resentment and anger has to be healed within you by you and once I I actually finally fully forgave my mom in a Reiki session and you know, spirit showed me um, 
as a little girl with my mom when she was probably like 28, 26 years old, actually. And she had me and my little sister and she was working. And I literally said in, in my head, I was like, I love you and I forgive you for everything because you were just, you're just a woman like me. You're just trying to survive and you were doing the best that you could. And so I'm so glad that you said that because that's actually the verbiage that I used when I finally let go of the anger that I had towards my mom. And then I can fully, absolutely love her now and have a good and healthy relationship with her now because I forgave her fully, like not partially, not like starting to like actually fully forgave her. And now I truly, truly have a free, open heart to, to love her in the way that she deserves and that I deserve. Yeah. Oh, and because, yeah, yeah. It's so different when we, <clears throat> when we really look at a person and we really have forgiveness and love for them mm-hmm. versus any other kind of relationship where there's still anger, judgment, you know, hatred, like those those emotions just breed more of those emotions versus love and forgiveness. When you allow yourself to forgive, to forgive yourself, to forgive others, there is just this light, this, you know, this ability to breathe again. So to really love, to really open yourself up. We're so, we're so wounded, you know, by the trauma of our childhood. And we, we really have a hard time, healing that inner child to be able to get to that love that is underneath it's like what we really are is love and we're just like covered in this like these like you know years of like residue that has just been built up over us and now we have to like chip away back love peel Um, the onion layers yeah exactly there was um something that we had discussed possibly talking about and i think this is like a, a good segue um, you had said that you really started to begin like your energy healing um, and your spiritual journey, uh, you know, a lot most recently in the last six months um, yeah. after hiring a mentor. But uh, if you'd like to touch on any of that a little bit, um, I, I'm always really interested in how that helps in the healing because I think people are, are very, um, uh, you know, not opposed to it. I can't think of the word that I'm looking for. <laughs> um, yeah, people, people don't really necessarily believe in this. Um, yeah. it's, it's a hard thing for people to swallow. Um, so yeah. maybe we just briefly kind of touch on it. Um, before I thank you for being with us today, this was so awesome. I'm so excited to hear about this. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I know this is just such an amazing, um, journey that I am on and you know we're all on together and um it's changed my life completely it's totally like excelled faster than I ever could have dreamt of and I'm just so grateful to be in this place with everything and so um you know like I said my spiritual journey my emotional journey my physical journey everything really shifted 10 years ago um when I kind of became an adult I guess you could say you know like um I went to college 18 years old and 
um, you know, started becoming an adult, going to college, living on my own, things like that. Um, and so I was, and again, like I was out of my parents' house, I was feeling better. I was, you know, and then that's when I started really my healing journey. Like, okay, I'm not in a place where I feel like I just have to survive. I'm just surviving to get to the next level in my life. Like now I actually took that first step to thriving and really becoming that Katie, like who I am in the way that I can be, you know, um, I just couldn't be the person that I wanted to be when I was a child. And I don't mean like a certain way of being just, I mean, just being free. I just felt stuck. And so I think that's when I started opening up more to life because I wasn't just feeling so stuck and just surviving in life. Um, and I could really be true and free to my soul. And so, um, you know, fast forward a couple years, my grandfather had passed away from Alzheimer's and that was probably, that was the first, um, well, I, um, I had lost my stepdad's mother when I was 16 and we were very close, but it wasn't like we had a very long, you know, um, I guess we were only in each other's lives for like less than 10 years. Um, I had a very close relationship with her and it was difficult. Um, she died, um, you know, older and she was very sick. So it was, it was, I was very upset, but it was easier for me to be like, oh, she's at peace and things like that. Um, but then again, I was still very young. So, um, but when my grandfather had died, she had come to me and, and I just saw her face. And, um, so that was my first experience. I think I was 20 at that point. Um, that was my first experience, you know, um, with like, oh my gosh, this, this beautiful presence is with me again. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and then, so six months after my grandfather had passed away, um, he had come to me and he just showed me his face smiling. He was engulfed in a beautiful white light and he was just smiling at me. And I like, kind of like, was like, whoa, like I, it was like, right as I was kind of falling asleep. And I remember like opening up my eyes being like, holy shit, what just happened? But then I like this intense, immense peace came over me, like smile, I was smiling and I was, I just felt like so loved. And I was like, wow. Like, and so I felt my grandfather there with me and I saw him. And then um, a little bit after that, my friend started, um, my friend lost her boyfriend that she was with. Um, he had passed away from cancer and then he had come to me in a dream and, and he actually like said, like, stop beating yourself up about it. And I, I really think that was a message for my friend. Um, well, I know it was. And so a couple of years later, I gave that message to her cause it was still so new. I didn't want to, you know, I didn't know how to handle that. Um, so that, that stuff happened very early on in my early twenties. And then, um, I became, uh, I, I got into a very negative relationship in my early twenties. And then that's really, really when I really felt that spiritual connection with my spirit guides and my loved ones, just really like giving me messages. And it just has gotten stronger and stronger and stronger over the years. And then, I'm very much in tune with, you know, the synchronicities going on with the universe. And, and so it just kept getting stronger and stronger. And then recently, a year and a half ago, um, I was in a new relationship with somebody who I 
fell head over heels with and we were so connected. It felt like, oh my God, I know that this is the person that I want to spend the rest of my life with. He made me so incredibly happy. He just lit up my life and made me feel like, holy shit, this is actually what love feels like. He values me as a person. So again, like going back to like my childhood and then my early relationships, I never had a healthy, like dynamic with any like boyfriend or even just like, I never felt of value as when I was a child by my parents. And, um, so this, you know, my boyfriend who came, like who came into my life a year and a half, like, um, well now, you know, Oh, two years ago, whatever. He really made me feel just such a value and that he loved me and we were so connected and we, I mean, we would talk for hours upon hours and then we would get off the phone and be like, I miss you so much. Like that's like the kind of connection that we had. Yeah. And like, we could go from having a deep conversation to laughing, to crying, to loving each other. Like it was just like incredible. And we were together for um, seven months and we had such a great, um, such a great relationship together. And then we had such high hopes for our future. You know, I mean, the week that he died, we talked about kids and getting married. Like we were really at that point where we were like, I can't wait to be like together forever kind of thing. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he unfortunately unexpected passed away and um, that hit me. Oh my gosh. Like I thought that I was strong. (laughs) Yeah. And so, um, you know, the that for the first year that I was recovering from his passing, um, I really just took the time to grieve because you know it was very difficult, very, very difficult. And um, but slowly but surely, you know, thank God because of everything that came into my life. Um, my family stepped up for me, my friends, just life. And, and I think him, obviously, he, he was there and he is here. I mean, he's here every day with me. Um, and so I think that he really just helped to push me and to make things happen in my life to bring happiness. And so, you know, I was able to find a really great grief group, um, a lot of beautiful things have happened to me in my life in like that first year, right? Like a lot of my friends had babies. My sister got married, my family and like my family is the best that it's ever been. All the relationships within my family are so great. Like, um, you know, I, I, I've really done great things in my career. And so um, a lot of things in that year helped me to survive through that difficult pain that I was experiencing. So, um, and he definitely helped to facilitate a lot of that, I feel. And he just helped to, he just has been by my side supporting me. And so that's been beautiful. Um, But, you know, one thing that I feel like really has propelled this this healing is um, I've always been receiving messages from spirit in the way that I was able to, um, my entire twenties, I feel like leveling up as I was healing emotionally, I was leveling up spiritually. So, um, you know, let's just say in my mid twenties, I really couldn't, I really couldn't have channeled spirit, but I was receiving messages, you know, 
with angel numbers and signs on the street. And like, that was the way that I could at that time. Um, and then, and like synchronicities, you know, and being, and feeling really powerful in, okay, I know why that happened. Um, and then as I got older, it, like I said, it just kept getting stronger. And then recently when I hit quarantine, I think it's because I was still for the first time in my life because I, you know, something about me is that I've always worked multiple jobs. I'm always like, I have tons of people that I'm connected to in my life. So I'm always doing something <laughs> like always mm -hmm. working on something, planning something, doing something, have plans with people, working on things, you know? So in quarantine, it was the first time I was actually able to be still. And I started doing a lot of like meditation and healing and rediscovering myself. And in that rediscovery of myself, because I was able to really have that time to be still, all of a sudden I really was guided to hire a mentor to be a medium. And wow. I mean, I didn't seek it out. Let me just preface that. I did not <laughs> seek it out. It found me. Yeah. So I know that that was spiritually guided. Um, and so I hired a mentor. Her name is Sloan. She's amazing. Her Instagram is Awaken with Sloan. And she um, she started this in quarantine as well. So it's almost like she started mentoring as I started. For you. you know, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It was so life happens for you. Exactly. It really does. It really, really does. Life will always present what you need. And it did for me. And so now I've been in this, um, we call it the spiritual development circle. Um, and I've been in this this group for over six months now and wow. i have my spiritual gifts have like on the first night of that group we learned about how to connect and build that link with spirit and and how it happens and you know that i'm chosen to do this and things like that and we all have this gift um and when I, we got to practice I got messages for the person that I was reading. Wow. And I was like, I cried hysterically after the end of the group because I, I, number one, I felt spirit and I felt the love and it was so powerful that I couldn't contain how I felt. So I just had to cry <laughs> because <laughs> when I feel, when spirit, when, when spirit is working through me and I feel that love, whether it be like a loved one channeling that love for the person that I'm reading or just spirit itself, I get very emotional yeah. because I feel it, you know? And um, so, so I cried because I'm like, wow, like how beautiful was that experience? Like that was just so powerful and incredible. And, um, wow. you know, and then my gifts just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And now I'm able to really pull in and, and channel spirit, you know, fully and I'm still growing, you know, but you know, I went from having one vision and, and obviously even before that, from just receiving messages, you know, angel numbers, songs, things like that. Um, butter, like spirit, animal, animals, butterflies and things like that. And then now to fully being able to like have visions, I hear, I hear them. I see them. I, um, I see the messages. I'm able to work psychically as well as medium ship and wow. I have just this knowingness and they use me as a vessel and work through my body and um it's just um, I feel like it's I always wanted to be a medium and I'm you know I actually have a post that I'm going to write on Instagram when I feel like the time is right but I actually prayed for this 
but you know, something, um, I've always been a spiritual person, you know, I'm going to be 30 in January and I feel like, um, for the last 10 years of plus of my life, I have really been such a spiritual person and I feel like everything in the last 10 years led me to this moment. Um, you know, and I, like you see, you hear those stories about how like mediums develop, you know, they, and everybody develops in different ways. And I think that's so beautiful. Like, it's not a one size fits all. It's not like, oh, I was three years old when I saw my first spirit. It's like, actually, I've been working up to this moment for the last 10 years. Like, like, I know that, you know, like I was receiving those messages and opening myself up to spirit guided to do yoga, meditation, or you know, getting, um, having dreams of my loved ones and my friends' loved ones, you know, because it set me up to this moment. Right. To be fully understanding spirituality, you know, because I feel like you can't, I mean, well, I can't say you can't, but what set me up for success is having those 10 years behind me of that spiritual practice. Totally. If all of a sudden, like, this happened to me and I wasn't a spiritual person, I wouldn't be able to really do it justice. Mm -hmm. So now, you know, knowing. um, You have the experience behind you and the life behind you. And, you know, even though it's only, you know, just under 30 years, it's a, it's a lifetime of relearning the same lessons over and over again, because life just hands you the same lessons until you learn it. I, I so totally resonate with that. Um, And I think a lot of people, probably have that somewhere in them because it doesn't feel that crazy that I feel that, that I've always kind of believed in like, you know, I remember watching Pocahontas as a kid and being like, yeah, every life has a spirit, has a name. Like that makes sense. Like, of course it does. Like so many people have died. Like there's no way they could all be in heaven. Like I remember having these thoughts like as a child, like like, everything does have a spirit. Like, why do I feel like this plant like right. knows that I'm here because it does. <laughs> so, like, yeah, that's so I just, beautiful. <laughs> and you were saying about like the 10 years and I like glanced over at my computer clock and it was 10, 10. And I was like, of course it's 10, 10 as you're talking. About Liz, literally, <laughs> I swear on my life, I swear on everything that I literally looked at the clock and it was 10, 10. Yeah. I so was that like, is like so much confirmation. That is yeah. so incredible. Like, oh my <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I want to wrap it up. I want to leave people with that like excitement because I think the word that I was trying to think of before was resistant. I think people are so resistant to spirituality and I think it is very intimidating when you're first kind of touching on it. But like I said, from that podcast that I listened to years ago that has stuck with me and I will get the title of it, but every single cancer survivor why can't I remember? I always talk about this and I suddenly can't remember the name of, it, <laughs> of what it is, but all of these terminal cancer patients recovered. Every single one of them had a spirituality. Every single one of them believes in something bigger than us. And I, I know that it's important. Um, you know, I think the signs just pulling us together to have this episode together. Um, thank you so much for sharing, you know, a lot of really vulnerable emotional things that are hard to share, but they, they help you to heal. They help us heal. It's so important to connect with people on a deeper level than, you know, just the mundane, just the everyday. Like you said, like we are meant for bigger things than just surviving. And it is so easy to just get by and just survive. And that's not even easy. Life is hard, but it's easy to get, you know, stuck in that. 
and and not want more for yourself and we are capable of so much more but we do need to heal to do that yeah absolutely and you know we are spiritual beings having human experiences and you know spirit is the highest vibration and the highest vibration of love and so you know i think that just gives that perspective of like when you really tap into that premise that we are spiritual beings and we are connected to higher vibrational beings like we can really get that energy we can access that energy within us and we can access that energy that we're connected to well thank you so much this was so wonderful um i feel like it was the i always feel like this but this was the exact conversation that i needed to have today yeah me too i <laughs> So grateful that I started this Tuesday morning with you. It really, it really was amazing. It was. Thank you so much. Katie, where can everybody find you? So I'm on Instagram, uh, strength in the soul, just one word, strength in the soul. And I have a website, strengthinthesoul.com. And you could find my services there and more about me. I also have a podcast, strength in the soul. And I have a blog on my website as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. And I will talk to you very soon. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to today's episode. For more information on this episode, check out the show notes or find me on Instagram at Liz without a pillow. If you loved what you listened to or know somebody that would, please share it. Screenshot the episode in the podcast app, share it to your Instagram story and tag me. If you'd like to lend your personal support, take a moment and leave a review on iTunes. We would be so grateful. Tune in next week for a brand new episode. See you then.